You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. What up, folks? And welcome to another episode of the Joe Rogan Experience Review. This is part two for the week where we fit in the other podcasts. Joe does so many that we squeeze some of the end. Obviously, as you can tell, we've been doing two a week. We try to focus on the conversation that really stands out the most to us. We do that earlier in the week, and then we go into... Uh, the other ones. Not to say they're less important or not as good, but um, really it's like we get the most usually out of the first one that we do. And when I say the most, it's often in terms of like what we can learn from something. Anyway, up now we have Adam Curry, we have good old Mike Glover, that guy was badass, and then Dr. Merlin Tuttle which is like the cutest name that you've ever heard. It's almost a shame he doesn't study turtles <laughs> instead of bats. Uh, Joined, good. as always, by my main man, Todd, hey. who hey. is as big of a Rogan fan as me, mostly because it's his job, but he's getting there. He's he's coming over. All right, I've let's... Crossed. Yeah. I've crossed. It's, he's crossed over. Adam Curry, the pod father. Why I love this guy coming on, even though, you know, sometimes he comes out with some ideas that, that I don't always mesh, like, tightly with me, but he started podcasting. You've got to give him that. I mean, way back in the day. He really is. And hats off to him. Yeah, before Corolla, which I always thought Corolla was the first guy after... Um. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who's got the serious show, the the curly haired dude. Fucking, why can't I think of his name? How it's done. Thank you. Oh, he didn't do any podcasts. Well, right, but he was. I mean, he's basically a podcast before podcasts were a term. I think he he led the way for people to start podcasting. He was scared of podcasting too, which is funny. I mean, he was basically a radio show that was a podcast, right? It's the same well, thing. he doesn't like competition. Howard Stern doesn't like people, yeah. any kind of competition. So he they just call, said, get out of here with that. They call Curry the Podfather? Oh, yeah. What yeah. a dope name. It's good. Yeah. I wonder how big his audiences are these days. Like, I'm sure they're pretty big. I mean, he has a network, I think. And but he, he really does kind of embody the free speech model and push forward on that understanding of of I, I guess his direction with and motivation of podcasting for his whole network. That's what he likes. Also entertainment as well. But he's really been at the forefront of it. I think the guys at the very beginning that picked up a lot of steam, just like Adam Carolla. I mean, I think Adam did it because he got fired mm-hmm. and then was like, well, fuck this. I'll just jump over to um, doing my own thing, you know? Yeah, and how did Curry get started then? I think similar. He yeah. was on MTV, and they'd been giving him shit for many, many years, and 
pressuring him. They were even telling him to cut his hair. It's like, all right, dude, chill out. <laughs> well, it's MTV, dude. You got to look good on MTV. You got to look good. You got to look good as Carson. I know. Bless him. Carlson. What's he doing these days? Who knows? He's like on E! Television now or something. Does anyone even watch MTV anymore? Does that still Is that still a thing that people are watching? I'm sure it's got to exist. 16 and Pregnant's a good one. Oh, classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's still going, isn't it? I don't know. You'd, you'd think they have like the Alabama version, which is like 13 and Pregnant. The Real World, the real world was dope. That was a good show. That was a good show. I was into that. Yeah. You I know. think Theo was on that. Theo Vaughn. No way. Yeah, he was on some reality show back there. It might have been that one, at least for a season. Yeah, he was all about it. So, noagendaphone.com. I circled that one. Ooh. Hadn't heard about it. Mm-hmm. I love how he doesn't want to get tracked. Oh, yeah, he's Curry. off the grid. Man. Curry's off the grid. He's off the grid. Which he's got sweet. his own chickens. So, noagendaphone.com. You're going to mm-hmm. have to check it out, get the graphene operating system on his phone he had like some old school google phone is it worth it though like look there's 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 this like romanticized idea Mm. of like off the grid living in your cabin you got all your guns you can hunt for yourself it's like aren't you look it's good to know how to do it but shouldn't you wait till the world ends before you go do it in some way it's like how shitty do you want your phone to be I think really all you're doing is just giving yourself technology that's like 10 years old. Yeah, and you know the screen's cracked. <laughs> Guaranteed. Hey, but you know what? He could probably light a fire, and he has chickens, so uh-huh. women want that these days. He also said he had a pretty solid set of false teeth, which fair play to him. Yeah, the first 15 minutes he talked about his teeth. <laughs> then they got into a lot of good stuff after that. But, you know. The guy, you know, I'm glad he got his teeth fixed. It's mm-hmm. good. Sounds yep. like it helped his sinuses. It's all good. We got yeah. into a lot of conspiracies, Bless which him. is always fun. Well, he said he did the carnival diet, and that's been helping him. Mm-hmm. So I like hearing more of those stories um, come through. Like I, I would have to say, and I've done it a few times, and I go in and out of doing it. It does work for me. I feel great when I do it. It's hard. It takes a lot of discipline. I haven't heard many versions of that story that end with, I felt terrible, it didn't work for me, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yet, I have heard that on the vegan end. Right. I, don't you think it's because the vegan end has a lot of processed stuff? I well, mean, you got to be careful, yeah. Soy. Right? You I know. mean, you could eat bread all day. Well, you just, there's, how do you get rid of gluten if, you, if you're a vegan? I don't understand how, I mean, you can't just eat veggies. Well, they're not trying to get rid of gluten. Well, that's what I'm saying. So that's not going to make you feel good. It's a lot of sugar. Do you think everyone's allergic to gluten? No, I think it's the glucosophate that's in that they spray all over wheat all over the country. Todd's bringing the science today. Rogan's talked about that quite a bit. All right. I mean, yeah, it doesn't sound good. It started skyrocketing in the what mid '80s. They started seeing glucosophate in your wheat. And now it's all over the place. I mean, that might be why organic... I feel so good when I do like keto foods and uh, carnival foods, because I think it might be part of it. It's just hard to tell what's working. Like, you know, what is it that makes you feel better on that? But yeah, he's 
doing good. Joe's in it. He's doing the month. Um, dry January. So he's done now. He's probably been hammered for three days. Bless him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But good bit of discipline, for sure. Um, Adam's take on Bitcoin. He said, he, what did he have, 900 Bitcoins at one point? Yeah, sold them. Sold them for like a few hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, that's got to that's gotta be rough. But he, but he bought some more during the pandemic, right, when they went down to 4,000? Went down to 4K per Bitcoin. Is that what it was? During the pandemic, oh, yeah. Oh, damn, yeah. Okay. But now he's saying 40% of all U.S. dollars were made in the last year, printed in the last year. See, this is what? something I wanted to talk about. I don't fucking understand how that's possible. Supposedly, we've been printing like billions of dollars a month. And something I heard today is that we're going to stop doing that and not like next month in March. Mm-hmm. So the Fed has said we're stopping printing this. And not only that, they're going to start destroying money. I don't know how they do that. I guess they have to buy bonds or something that connect to the money. And then they're just going to not buy the bonds to support those and therefore take the money out of circulation. That sounds like something really bad is about to happen. I wish I knew more about, you know economics for that one but it doesn't sound good dude what are we supposed to sell the 25 dollars of stocks that we own that's why you gotta buy gold i guess yeah what are we gonna do with gold todd how much gold can we buy (laughs) honestly we spend too much of the studio on video arcades what'd you you think about the if you if you made a dollar a minute you're a millionaire in 12 days Hmm. if you make a dollar a minute you're a billionaire in 31 years. Yeah. Okay. And if you make a dollar a minute, you're a trillionaire in 31,000 years. Yeah, so it sounds like a trillion dollars is quite a lot more. <laughs> quite a lot it's unreal. more. It's unreal. So if if Elon Musk is a quarter of a trillionaire, then that is what is that, like 7,000 years of making a dollar a day? It's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. I'll take the the millionaire uh, version. That doesn't sound like too much work. Well, he's going to be mining in space, and then he's gonna, then he'll be a trillionaire real quick. Mm. Wait, what did you say? How long for a million? A million is only 12 days if you make a, a dollar a minute. Are you sure it's not a second? No. He said if you made a dollar a minute. Now, this is just coming off of what Curry said. I didn't research this. Okay. I think it's a second, but I don't know. We'll have to look into it. Mm. I was just paraphrasing. I love it. All right. So along those lines, Elon Musk owns Twitter. There's been a lot of talk about what he's going to do with it. Is he just freeing it up to be like the free speech social media platform that we should all be using with very little constraints or according to Adam Curry he might be bring he might be doing a sneaky little thing and bringing in some bitcoin or some no, not bitcoin but like a certain type of crypto that he makes hmm. that you can buy and sell on the platform it's a good idea would you buy into it would you be an early adopter? 
like think about it. If you were an early adopter of Bitcoin, like um, I mean, it was like one cent for like a long time, right. long enough for anyone to get involved. If you had bought it then and you'd had it, even though it's dropped to twenty three thousand a Bitcoin, you'd be massively rich. I think it's worth getting into. I don't think people can afford to not buy into a Twitter crypto if he releases it early. Because why not? I mean, you buy $1,000, even if that's a stretch for you and you sit on it, just never touch it, see where it goes. Yeah, it could go to nothing, but $1,000 isn't going to wreck you. Yeah, just don't take it out. Yeah, don't do anything with it. Just wait till it's worth how many other billions. That sounds like, from the guy that made PayPal, this sounds like something he would do. And I had never even considered that until Adam was talking about it on the podcast. What did you think about him saying that Facebook and Google are going to take over TikTok? And that was the plan all along. And that's why they're saying, you know, ha having all these news articles saying how they're taking our, um, you know, our identities and using other computers and getting information off of other computers. He's saying, Curry was saying that, Everyone's been doing that. When you say take over from, like, they're trying to ban it, right? Yeah. Like, Facebook and Google, that would help them if TikTok got banned. Well, something that I didn't understand because I don't use TikTok, I just thought it was videos of people dancing that was interesting and massively distracting. Yeah. However, Jamie was saying that it's like a way to search for things as well. So if it does cut into search results meaning people are going to TikTok to find out where the best restaurant is or what the, you know, the the best or most interesting version of whatever is, that clearly fucks with Google. And they're not going to stand for this. I just think it's taking away advertising dollars. It's just people watching reels. I don't, no, nobody's searching TikTok for restaurants, dude. It didn't make sense to me, no. but that's what Jamie butted in with. Hmm. He was like, you can use it and just be like, where's the best place to go? Yeah. Hmm. Where's where was George Bush during the JFK assassination? I don't know. Oh, that's controversial. <laughs> We're going down a slippery Ooh. slope. Ooh, he couldn't he couldn't remember where. How can you not remember? Come on. I mean, I wasn't alive. Well, yeah, but 9/11 you remember? Uh, of course. Everybody remembers. Dude, I was in a gym. Exactly. I was it in was my dorm really room. vivid. Yeah. Yeah, super vivid. So what does that mean? What what are they implying by that? That George had something to do with it? Or well, he, he was just... head of the CIA at the time. George Senior. Oh, Papa Papa Bush. Oh yeah, yeah. What is it? Do you think then that he is saying that he doesn't remember because he was probably like on a fucking phone call or in some sort of meeting, just like discussing what was going on? Why wouldn't you just make up where you were? I mean, I don't know when that question was asked of George Sr., but maybe he was just caught off guard and didn't know what to say, so he said he couldn't remember, right? Because it made him nervous. Why else, would you, why else wouldn't you just make something up? You're yeah. head of CIA. You should just make something up. Yeah, Dude, I was aunt, at my house. Aunt CIA agents good liars. Yeah, right. You should be. Otherwise, get out. <laughs> that should be the first test. How good are you at lying? We need yeah. you. We need you to lie. That is wild. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize Curry was such a, a conspiracy theorist, but I like it. Oh, no. He's all about it, dude. I loved, I loved his quote. As sure as I know, Building 7 didn't fall down out of sympathy for Buildings 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes into God is real. Jesus existed. 
I didn't see that coming. No. That was left field. I don't think Joe... I thought Joe handled that well he and did. respectfully. He did. You know, I think if this was the podcast from 10 years ago, he would have ripped on Adam for a while. Like, Joe's not exactly a religious person. I think later in life, you know, he's aged. He also knows there's controversy around it. But more f- to Joe's style, I think that he's more open to the idea or, or just more respectful of people's different thoughts. Yeah, he's just you humble know? in his old age. Yeah. Respectful, exactly. Hey, he's not that old, bro. All right? Okay, 55. Come on. He's getting up there. He's doing great. He's looking great. He's got... He's He could double that. <laughs> so... It's a conspiracy, if we're going to speak as conspiracies, it is a conspiracy that Twitter, that the Twitter files are not being reported. That was a good one. Mm. Well, why uh, aren't they? Exactly. I mean, They should be. What's Elon up to? He could release them. Is there some, do you think there's like some government I, issue? I mean, I would venture to say that it's because the media is not owned by... Mr. Elon, other than Twitter, and they don't want people to know that the FBI was part of the Twitter files and that they were paying people off to say certain things. Yeah, but uh, I mean, unless it's like a national security risk and there's some sort of top secret clearance that won't allow Elon to do it, I don't see why he wouldn't. Well, I I just don't think it's getting picked up by the the corporate media. Oh, are they out? Can we look at them? It just, uh, I don't know. I just know that the Twitter files are a thing. I don't know if they're out. Huh. Yeah. Well, as long as they write it in an interesting narrative and not like a giant manuscript that takes forever, like the, you know, Declaration of Independence, and you're just like, ah, I can't read this much. But it would be great if if Elon just released a book, like a fun kind of, you know, novel that just explains what went on. And what what he saw when he got there, just a narrative to that whole process, because there's so much going on in the Twitter acquisition that we don't know about, right? It it still is kind of strange to me that he did it. It's one thing that he just wants to be this much of a proponent of free speech, but it's also just kind of unusual use of his time. He, I just feel like he has. I don't know. He has, like, some other play going on that that we don't see. Well, if the Twitter files aren't out, how did they find out about this $3.4 million that were supposedly paid from the FBI to Twitter and then never got, the the money was never transferred? Oh, yeah, Twitter didn't ask for it. Don't know. Dude, there's some big, there's some fuckery going on. I don't like it. It's it's it seems like a good thing that Elon has it, even though people are getting upset about it. It's like this this has to be the right move for free speech. Well, as long as he doesn't back down, he I mean, if he doesn't need the money and then and if he doesn't back down from, you know, if somebody asks him, if, if the FBI asked him to censor something, I don't think he will. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Talking about information not getting out. I mean, they talked about the Ukraine war, right? Uh, they talked about it's getting ugly, you know? Um, there's new types of drones they're using. I guess they're using, like, cheaper drones, like two, $300 drones with grenades on that they're flying into places. So warfare is getting wild, right? It's like robot warfare. 
like at least the closest we've had, which is always the way, right? The most recent war is always going to have like the wackiest, craziest technology. But, you know, in a way they're on a budget. And Adam kind of implied that there may be a narrative we're not hearing, like the Russians, because of their extra resources or just training, they might be in the winning position. And we're not hearing this. And what does that mean? Hmm. Like, how far do we go with this? Let's be honest. It, it seems like that, you know, the information about that war is kind of dropping out of media. You know, they're leaning into like, you know, they're fucking feeding us bullshit when they start leaning into um, celebrity gossip again. Mm. And articles and, and just like, you know, toned down, distractive stuff. Yeah. There was a thing recently about a lot of high-level politicians in Ukraine getting kicked out for taking a lot of money. But, of course, when you're pouring a ton of money into a country during a war, who the hell is keeping the eye on any of that? You know, it's $75, $75 billion, I think, was like the last big chunk that they gave them. If you're thinking of that money in a country that before this war was pretty well known as being corrupt, they bring in a new president that, you know, is anti-corrupt, quote unquote, and I hope he is. He seems like a great guy. I saw him on those Letterman interviews that they do on Netflix. It was really interesting. He seems to care a lot about his people. You know, who has regular clothes. He's kind of like in military garb almost. Um, a good, he's a good spokesperson for the country. He looks good. He was an actor. Yeah. Well, he's, he's a good an actor, actor though. He's a good he's actor. A good actor. <laughs> there you go. Good actor. And I hope he is actually a good actor, like in that degree. But but yeah, mostly the the information that we're getting seems to be like being reduced. Well, and isn't I, that I, normal for our media to do that i guess but it still seems early days i mean we were like fretting about nuclear war recently and now we're back on to you know what a celebrity is doing it's like are we sure that we're keeping a close enough eye on this problem or do they just know that it's not as big a deal as it was i feel like it might be what's your take on it you don't worry about this I have a son to worry about, man. That's where I'm at with it. Uh, fair enough. I don't need to be consumed with negativity. There's enough going on in my life already. I mean, how do you, how, how is it good to, I may sound naive and dumb here, but how how is it good for me to try and catch up on that via the news, which I don't even know if they're reporting real things happening. I just don't trust the news anymore. I hate to say it. Dude, chat, GPD, GPT, GPT. That's that's the new news. That's going to be the new news. People just write in there what they need, what they want a story to be made of, and that's what's going to pop up. If you guys are listening and you haven't played around with that software, get online and see how incredibly smart it is. I mean, we're going to talk more about it next week with Lex Friedman's podcast, but it's... Yeah, it's wild out there. The last thing I wanted to hit you with on this podcast, Todd, in yeah. this conversation with Adam, is so they talk about Neuralink, you know, you get stuff implanted in your brain. You also have your smartphone, so that's like your symbiotic relationship with 
AI or a computer or, you know, becoming cyborg. It's getting right. closer to us. It's Nobody, already we're already freaking out if we leave our phone. But if there is a new implant that, or a pill, but mostly an implant, because I feel like it's going that way, that can just pump in dopamine into your system, like basically make you feel good whenever you want, how long before everyone is getting that shit? Just, I as mean, as soon as it's available, people yeah. are going to do it. There's I mean, no maybe way. there's some old school people, like maybe, you know, us and a few of our friends that have their lives in a position the where they don't feel like it's super sad all the time. <laughs> we might be like, you know what? We're just going to go out this alone and see how this plays out. But most people are going to be straight into that one, dude. Absolutely. That's going to sell a lot for sure. Yeah. Brave New World was right, man. That's a good mm. book. Take the Soma. All right, let's jump over to Mike Glover. This guy was interesting. Okay, so he's a part of uh, Black Rifle Coffee. He has a survival company. Uh, Recently deemed an extremist threat by social media. And this isn't uncommon. This kind of stuff is happening. So so he's ex-special forces, um, knows how to survive, wanted to pass this information along, and through his teachings, I guess you would call it, online, it's made him, it, it kind of like red flagged him to the point where they just shut down all his businesses. Mm. Now, how is there no open dialogue with social media? Like, I just don't get it that there there isn't like more effort put into some sort of review board where you can go in almost like they should set up their own court systems which are not legally binding but they are just related to the company and people can go in and explain their situation and if a lot of their flagging is done by AI which it probably is because they're working at scale they're flagging these different things here and there and they're saying yeah that looks weird that looks weird this guy is talking about collecting as much gasoline as you can in a giant tank in the back of your truck I could totally see. If one of my neighbors told me this, I'd spend the rest of the week making fun of him, even if I liked him. <laughs> right? It's reasonable. It's a silly thing to do. However, if your job is teaching people how to survive long term, yeah. then that is a reasonable thing to talk about. Well, yeah. He just wants people to be self-reliant. That's the whole thing about his field craft survival, right? Mm. But it was his other company that got taken off of... Facebook. It was the American Contingency, which was a little bit different, right? It was a forum. He, he like had a forum on online, and the FBI analyst that studied him and like brought him in. Remember, he got brought into the whatever you know, um, wherever you go to get analyzed by other FBI people, and you know, make sure that you're okay for civilian life to be put into a new job. Remember, he he goes in there and he says. Yeah, I've seen hundreds of dead people. Or I've killed hundreds of people. Right. And that was a huge red flag. So he had all that stuff happening before they realized he was creating these Facebook accounts. So I, I can see why it happened. It's total bullshit. But yeah, kind of like if, you, if you're just setting up systems that have to flag a lot of people, it makes sense. Yeah. However, my point is, why don't they have some sort of system on the back end to allow, is it just safer for them just to be like across the board? Like, all right, 
while we clean this out, we may clean out like eight accounts that are garbage and one that's good, but that's just the price of business. It's just ego, probably ego getting in the way from the one guy who flagged it and said, no, I'm, you know, he just didn't want to be incorrect. Hmm. I did like the idea of having a vehicle with a separate gas tank that has 75 gallons and then you could drive a thousand plus miles. It's a little wacky. I don't know how you could like persuade your wife that this is like a good investment. Right? They'd be like, all right, bro, what are you going to start saving all, you know, start canning your own food? But the, I, I feel like even if you never had to use it, it's like owning a gun that you never have to use. You don't want to have to use it. But if you could afford it, wouldn't it just be like a smart move to just leave it in your garage and then just you've got your escape plan, map it out? Yeah. I mean, I in mean, Montana, we don't need to worry too much because this is where most people are going to come. So we're already there. Isn't the government scared of people who are self-reliant? It's like the less we need from the government, the more scared they're going to be. If we all had our own, you know, farms, we wouldn't be buying their shit food that's sprayed with chemicals, mm. you know? It's, what's it, What's actually along those lines? What's the deal with the eggs right now? They're going up in price or they're hard to get? Somebody was telling say. me recently, yeah. They were like, yeah, we can't, can't get any eggs. Yeah, well. Or they're too much. I'm like, what? Everyone needs their own chickens now, I guess. Huh. Smart. All if right. you have the room for it, you should have your own chickens. So chickens, gas tanks, and pickling. I would like to can some food. I had a ton of tomatoes last year that ended up going rotten in my garage because I didn't can them. Could have canned those. Should have canned them. If you'd gone his, his um, survival program, you could have done it. I mean, well, the, the guy sounds like a highly trained individual. It's like, it's so interesting that the military train these people to these incredible levels. And then when they get back into society, they're not allowed to share the information that they gained. You know? Did you think it was weird how, I mean, I yeah, I don't know why he's not able to share his information. I think it's because it's probably... You're going to talk to somebody about how you killed a bunch of people? That's not the information he shares. He talks about survival. Right. But, okay, but he he was saying that he needs a transitional period. They're not given enough time for, like, a transitional period for people to get back into regular society. You know, they have these goals every day as as fighters, mm. and it's like they have yeah, they Yeah, they want to label them PTSD, like, right away. It was strange for him to say that he doesn't have any trauma for that, from killing all those people and being such a warrior out there. But that he kind of made a good point. He's like, I'm just revved up right now. You know, it's, he even gave the example of, of like a, a dog that's like a bomb sniffer dog or attack dog or something, and then it, you just bring it into regular life and you just have it sit in the front room. It's going to take some time to transition into that. Yeah. Well, he also has the mindset of a soldier, right? Mm-hmm. He said he was having nightmares about missing out on war. That's not normal. He's not a nor- he's not a normal human, dude. Well, I think he specified that he didn't feel like they were nightmares. They were just dreams about war, which they were it. deemed it was like deemed a traumatic experience, though he was saying it wasn't that. It was just what he thinks about. Because that's where he was. 
It's yeah. what he was thinking about a lot. But he clearly enjoyed his experience. Like he yeah. enjoyed being at war. That well, that seems like not unusual, at least in like the special forces realms. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a lot of autonomy. They're highly trained. They get all the best equipment, and they've got a great team around them. And they feel like they're doing something very important, and they have an incredibly strong purpose for what they're doing. That's what it is, right there. That's it. If <clears> you <throat> don't, purpose, if you right. don't have the purpose, and you come back into civilian life, that's why all these guys are killing themselves. They come back, and the purpose is it's diminished. It's there's no longer any. Well, people are telling them guys. that their skill sets can't be used because they're dangerous. That's pretty demoralizing. Yeah, not cool. Not cool. It's the guy, ninety-three cool. percent of Americans stay inside all the time. That's not cool. Mm. I'd never thought. I had no clue that that was it was that high. What did you think about him saying that the crime is up twenty-five to fifty percent in metropolitan, mostly Democratic-run areas mm. recently? That's pretty scary. I mean, we've all heard about what's happening in California, where you can just basically go into a store and steal things and leave and they're not really stopping you uh, we don't see a lot of that up here in montana i'd be interested here from some of the listeners of what's going on in your city your town like do you feel like it's rising well trade anxiety is rising i know that much <laughs> <laughs> i had never heard the term for that what's that the, the triggers and trauma that people get from simple things like being in a traffic jam and going absolutely berserk, starting to bang on your, like having road rage essentially. Oh, no shit, really? Just having crazy anxiety over things that seem really minuscule, like not not a big deal. Yeah. I th- That one's an interesting one for really all humans because anyone that drives has had road rage at yeah. some point, to some level. Like, for whatever that is, that just revs you right up. <clears throat> Maybe that is an important gauge on how upset society is at any given time. Mm. When was the last time you had a road rage? Mm. Probably this morning. It, was, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How about the 12, 12 out of 14 people? I think we've heard, we've heard this on Rogan before. He's mentioned it when the... When they stormed the governor's house and they tried to go into the governor's house in Michigan, mm-hmm. and twelve out of the fourteen people were informants. Dude, Come that on. story is fucked. Like FBI, was that just an entrapment? How, how is case? that good use of our? Yeah, it's all entrapment. How is that good use of our dollars? I mean, they basically talked these two people into doing it. Yeah, and they're all working for the government. I don't. I don't understand that. Maybe they needed a win. You know, when you need a win and you want some positive uh, coverage, you're going to go for it. I don't know. So I don't how like pre- that. How prepared do you feel for the future then? You, you know, that's a good point. I mean, a lot of this podcast was like me thinking about, you know, what kind of setups I have. And I guess you have to create a range of one possibilities in the world and then also your capabilities. Okay. My capabilities are low. Possibilities are endless. <laughs> so I like to look at it as like, yeah, not a lot's going to happen. I don't feel like the power's going to go out mm. anytime soon. Inflation might be, you know, huge for a bit. Then we might have this massive stock 
you know, crash, which is always a real bummer, then you can't buy houses and X, Y, and Z. How bad do we need a plan for it to get, though, in a sense? Because I just don't think that if you have a cool bunker and a vehicle that can drive a 1,000 miles and a shitload of canned food, that you're going to get all that far. Definitely not. I feel like people are just going to just steal it off you. They're going to figure out where you are and take it. I think growing your own food. I'm surprised you didn't talk more about growing your own food. That mm. seems more important than canning. you got to get the food somehow before you throw it in a can. It sounds like they grew it, though. Okay. I would assume. I mean, you can't. I can't imagine that. What it, otherwise, what are they doing? Going to the grocery store, buying fresh vegetables, mm. and then canning them? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I would imagine that he's hunting, getting meat, and then I think at the end of the day with something like that, as a good prepper, realistically, you just need a really fucking strong community, a good group of people around you that all have their own skills and are willing to kind of come together. Because right. it, it all go back to tribalism at that point. Have you watched The Last of Us, that like mm -hmm. um, mushroom fungus zombie thing? Good show. Really good show. And there are some moments in there where like people are kind of living on their own and figuring it out and, and doing it. And it's ultimately, it's there are individuals with really good skills, but overarching, it's the people in strong communities that are surviving. And it's when people come together that they get the strength and, and like the, I guess, the purpose to go on. I don't think one man in a cabin has all that much desire, even if he knows how to do it. It's like, what kind of life is that? Well, maybe if, if the shit does hit the fan, we will have some purpose to come together because right now everybody's way too comfortable. Everyone's living in abundance, and that seems to be causing the laziness and the depression and mm -hmm. the... If everything's easy, man, it that that was one of the best things I heard Glover talk about was my theory for mental health: don't be lazy. Yeah, that struck a chord with me, man. Because every time I get annoyed with myself, it's because I'm not going to the gym, I'm not doing what I need to do at work, and then it spirals. As yeah. soon as as soon as I start being productive again, I'm fine. But people kind of hate that dialogue. They get but mad it, at but it. But it works. I know, but they get mad at it. They're like, oh well, you know, you just can't go that hard all the time and they're real issues and well if you don't you're gonna probably be depressed more than the guy who's doing it i agree i agree i mean it's it's the narrative we go over so much too comfortable man Dude, we're too comfortable be. i'm too comfortable right now sitting here it's hot in here it's too, i know <laughs> is it, it needs to be there's, colder there's like six <laughs> feet of snow outside and our studio is baking and we're complaining about it being hot yeah, yeah, see, it's too cozy, man. It's too cozy. It's fucking. We should have done this podcast out in the snow. We would have really connected. All right. God bless that guy. I hope he gets all of his ability to sell back. And I think ultimately social media needs some sort of um, kind of like quasi-judicial system that allows people to state their case and say why they're not what the social media company is deeming them to be, and they shouldn't be canceled like that. Yeah. He's yeah. offering a good service. Yeah, there are plenty of people we should ban. I get it. We, you know, dangerous, violent people. But ultimately, not people... I. It sounds to me like he's doing good. I think that's why Joe had him on. 
he's doing good. He still doesn't have that company back. But yeah, I yeah. mean, it would take a lot uh, of money to fight the system on that one. Mm, even well. he even mentioned it early on. Like, I can't afford lawyers enough to make this right again. Yeah. Well, if you're a lawyer and you listen to this, give him some pro bono <laughs> help because we're too stupid to do it. All right, let's jump over to Merlin Tussle. What a cute guy. Everything about him. Just a sweetheart. Would you feel bad about eating a bat Um, after watching old Merlin? I don't want to. They sound it. gross. To me, it just sounds like a rat with wings. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, and, I do, and I'm not trying to take anything away from bats. I think rats are pretty smart and complex creatures in themselves, but I just don't think that there's a need to be eating them. I mean, number one, how much meat are you getting from a bat? Not even like as much as a chicken. No, we need them to get all the mosquitoes out of the air. I mean, come on. Yeah. We'd be buried in mosquitoes without bats. That was the first thing he was talking about. Do you think it's weird that um, during their conversation, they didn't discuss the bats that may have made COVID? Mm. Yeah, I thought that was the whole reason he brought Merlin on. Me was too. To get into that, yeah. And then also, <laughs> here's something I was just thinking about, and I don't know if this resonates with anyone or, like, whether you think it came from a lab or not, right? There are plenty of people that are starting to lean that way. Brett Weinstein is really pushing that narrative. There are still the old school that are saying it came from the market. However, wouldn't a quick fix to the idea of it coming from the market be that we find the bat – or the bat species that created this. Mm. <clears throat> and then according to Merlin, it's pretty easy to wipe them out. They're like often on the, you know. You smoke them out. Well, they're often endangered. They're often getting killed, but, you know, wiped out by humans. You just put a tire in their cave mm. and then you just burn them all. I'm not advocating for wiping out species. I don't like the idea of that. I think it's a shame. However, when bears and wolves were attacking people in the West hundreds of years ago, we reduced their numbers drastically. Mm -hmm. If these bats have the potential for creating a new virus, which they could do if we're saying it came from a market or it came from bats, wouldn't it make sense to kind of slow their numbers down a little bit? I'm not saying wipe them out, but if it's not that difficult to just find where they are and just reduce their numbers, none of that came up. It just sat with me as, like, unusual. Well, because Merlin is going to do everything in his power to save all the bats. But I don't even think Merlin wants to save bats that could wipe out the human race. True. Well, came didn't come from the market, so. Yeah. Well, that's I think that's <laughs> what's kind of made it clear here. This is like, okay, it hasn't. Yeah. We need the bats for seed dispersal, you know. I didn't know they pollinated like that. So How cool. cool is that? So maybe bees aren't. Like, as in, I'm not saying bees aren't important. I like bees. I like honey. I like the honey lady. But if bats can do a better job or at least disperse over a wider range, I mean, then we have other things that can do this too. So that's good news. I just think it's cool to hear about how we have all the different species in the world that will probably, that could probably be natural pesticides and natural herbicides and if we didn't have large corporations spraying stuff all over the place and we actually wanted to figure out what could naturally, you know, get rid of pesticides, we would do it. 
it's here. It's got to be here. I mean, mm-hmm. he said in the Mediterranean, it was like all the rice paddies over there were getting sprayed with a ton of pesticides, but until they figured out the bats were getting rid of the pests, all the moths that were going on the rice paddies. Mm-hmm. And what did he say? It was, um, yeah, the because of the bats in the Mediterranean, there were no they, they no longer had to use any pesticides in the Mediterranean. That's pretty cool. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it with beetles and stuff. They do. They catch beetles around here for the wheat fields, and it's it's a natural pesticide. It just reminded me of how much nature can cure those things, right? It's like prey and predator. It's just. It's, it seems like a better route. The problem is there's not as much money in it. Of course. Like Monsanto is not going to give a fuck about no, that. No, no. So they're way. not going to push it. They're going to want to kill all. They the want pets. the quick fix. They want the quick fix for sure. Yeah. Mm. They want us to fear the bats like the 80s, dude. <laughs> They're cute little blood suckers. Yeah. When I was in Sri Lanka uh, back in like 2003, we went to this place called Candy, which is mm. awesome. It has like this beautiful area, like up in the hills. It had this um, huge monasteries. I think it has like four Buddhist monasteries. One of them supposedly has like a tooth of the Buddha. So mm. it's a big pilgrimage spot. And they had these, um, I think, called botanical gardens close by. And they had all these fruit bats that were just all in the trees. And it's the daytime. So you're walking through incredibly beautiful gardens, giant trees, wonderful flowers. The stuff, like, it's wild looking. It's just flowers that you didn't even know existed. They're Mm. so big. They look like prehistoric. And then in the trees, these giant trees were the biggest freaking bats. They look like people hanging upside down. Now, they weren't going to attack you. They're just fruit bats. They just eat fruit around. And and it was the daytime that they were out. They, a lot of them weren't flying around, so maybe they still are nocturnal, but they weren't in caves. And it's my first experience of seeing, like, a lot of bats in an area, and especially ones this big. It, just unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. You think, like, flocks of birds and things in trees and all around a, a spectacular look at. This was something else. And because it's bats, a little eerie, right? <laughs> I mean, they're hanging upside down for one. It's like no birds are doing that. It was something to behold for sure. Well, and seeing him in the video with the mealworm mm-hmm. and how that bat was just flying back and forth across his face and like realized who he, he was. Food and he was, it was almost like he domesticated the bat within. 10 minutes just because he had a mealworm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, birds are very smart, right? Yeah. Certain birds are very clever. We, we've already shown that. And, you know, bats are uh, mammals. So why could they not be smart enough to be able to identify those things? Oh, another thing I liked about it is since uh, he had been on Rogan, his Instagram has jumped up. Over 10,000. Nice. So keep it up. Follow him. It's a cool Instagram. It's kind of wild. And there's a lot of cute bats on there. Dude, his photos are incredible. They're unbelievable, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And some of his stories. Some of his stories about being in the jungles and, you know, having guns and running predators off. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. He could have easily been killed on a bunch of those things. It's amazing what some of these people will do when they're passionate about their pursuit, how much danger they will put themselves in. I, I just can't, I can't do it. 
I can't even be that passionate about something. I wish I could, but I'm not putting my <clears throat> I'm not putting myself in front of somebody with a gun, to, you know, just to save some bats. I don't, you know. But good for Myrtle, though. Yeah. Or Merlin, sorry. I wish Mer- I, yeah, Merlin. <laughs> Merlin the Turtle. Merlin the Turtle, Myrtle. Love that guy. Well, God bless him. That was an interesting week. And uh, I don't know what more to say about um, the bat thing. Well, plants, that that was cool. The plants have sim- symbiotically invo- evolved together with the bats. They don't know that for sure, but they could have. Oh, because there was like a key, it was like a key, right? Like weird tongue or something. Well, it was just showing that 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 bees couldn't get in there, but bats could with their tongue, right? So it's almost like the the only way that those particular flowers were getting pollinized was from those specific bats, and no other animal or you know insect was able to do that. Just right. the bat. Yeah, which highlights the importance of if we wipe out those particular bats, the yeah. flower probably dies. And then who knows what else happens the in our dominoes, food chain. Dude. That, dominoes, yeah, dude. That's a big problem. Dominoes. Got to keep all these animals around. Let's keep them around. Let's bring the woolly mammoth back. <laughs> we already talked about it. <laughs> Jurassic Park, here we come. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, as always, for listening and gals. Todd, pleasure, my friend. Can't wait for next week's Rogans. And have a great, safe, fun Freedom-filled week. Oh, good one. Later. Later.